Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode six of Getting Prospective. I am David with Bleacher Preachers. I'll be flying solo today. Tony's a little under the weather. Mike has uh, got some family things to take care of. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the week three top performers along with the, that Elkhorn South Papio South game, which was not as close as I had anticipated. Uh, one team definitely has asserted themselves and some games that you know I kind of had my eye on for the weekend. Um, get a little bit of a preview, I suppose, for those. Uh, we are sponsored by Elevated Visuals now. If you're looking for a skilled videographer to capture those moments uh, in your life that you need, he's extremely professional. He's bringing his vision to life, whatever that may be, from weddings to corporate events to uh, graduations to recording your sporting events and creating highlight films. Uh, he's currently working with Omaha North. Please be sure to contact him today, discuss any projects you may have, create something that's unforgettable together. And that's Elevated Visuals at E-L-E-V-8-D-Visuals.com. So we're going to spend a little bit of time, of course. As I said, we always like to kind of cover those top performers from the previous week. Usually it's somewhat of a big list, but we want to make sure we call out those kids that, that showed up and showed out each week, uh, no matter what level they're at, because you know they performed, and that's what's important, and that's what people are looking for. We need to make sure that these Nebraska kids are recognized for the talent they have and, and uh, improve that they can bring something to, to any level and any team on a regular basis. So getting into the top performers from that week three, um, we have Cole Jones from Maxwell. That's Cole with a K. He's a class of 2025, 5'10", 170 pounds. Young man had 360 total yards, 195 passing, 75 rushing, and 90 receiving with six touchdowns. So a huge, uh, huge Thursday night for, for Cole Jones. Uh, Braden Caston from Potter Dix, uh, class 2024, 6'2", 170 pounds, had 129 passing, 214 rushing with five touchdowns, had an interception that had returned for 45 yards and nine tackles. So a couple of guys showing out on that Thursday night game. You know, some people may not like those games, but you know what, they uh, – they give the people just an extra chance a little earlier in the week to, to get a spotlight. Uh, Friday, we got uh, Christian Torres from Santee. He's a quarterback from two class 2025. 418 yards passing with six touchdowns for Christian. Ben Myers from Shelton, class of 2025. Uh, plays that running back wide receiver position, a uh, little bit of defensive back, 6'1", 155 pounds. Had two passing touchdowns. Ran for 171 yards and, and had three scores. Riley Sudbeck from Hardington, Newcastle, class of 2025, another quarterback, 6'2, 180, 312 total yards, 90 rushing, 222 passing, five touchdowns, and had 22 tackles. So getting it done on both sides of the ball, we like to see that. Keaton Carr, Silver Lake, running back, linebacker. 184 rushing yards, four touchdowns, eight tackles, and an interception. So, you know, it's 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 good to see kids playing both sides of the ball and showing that they can produce at, at that level. Maddox Jones, Sumner Eddieville Miller, class of 2025, 179 rushing yards with three touchdowns. Colby Hoken from Bayard, class of 2024, had 135 passing yards, 125 rushing, had a touchdown with 20 tackles. Uh, another another both side of the ball player. Peyton Abbott from Bridgeport. QB, cornerback, 5'11", 
185 pounds, 267 rushing yards with four touchdowns. Tristan Timbers from Lions, class of 2024, plays wide receiver, had 190 receiving yards with three touchdowns for Lions. Cooper Warford, Southern Wymore, class of 2025, 6'160 pounds, 157 rushing yards with five touchdowns, seven tackles with an interception and a fumble recovery, so had three takeaways himself. Trevor Roach, Fillmore Central, running back, class 2026, 220 rushing yards with two touchdowns. Dash Bowman, Lincoln East, class of 2024. Dash is a, a pretty popular name. Everybody knows what a good athlete he is. 163 total yards with three touchdowns, two of them are rushing. Jeter Worthy, another great athlete at Lincoln East, uh, class of 2025. He's playing quarterback, six foot, 185 pounds, 201 total yards, 84 of them rushing with a couple touchdowns. Kyler Hellbush, North Bend Central, class of 2024 quarterback, 6'1", 180 pounds, 410 yards, 299 passing, 111 rushing with six touchdowns. The North Bend Central team's 3-0. They are one part of the game to watch, I think, one of the games to watch this week. Chase Van Winkle, Johnson Brock, class of 2024. He's a wide receiver, 176 yards total. 138 receiving with three touchdowns and had a pickoff on the defensive side. Isaiah Weber, Gretna, a young man can just go. Class of 2024, running back, 5'7", 180 pounds, just a little bowling ball. 28 carries, so fed him. 116 rushing yards, three touchdowns. Led the team in tackles as well and threw in a sack. So uh, just a, a little, you know, little wrecking ball getting through and, and just making those tough tough plays. Zach McLee, Creighton Prep, class of 2024. He's a full safety there, six foot, 180 pounds, 23 tackles, one for a loss, a fumble caused, and kicked off the ball, averaging 60 yards a kickoff. This young man is just an athlete. You know, he puts something out there that right now he's leading the nation in tackles, which I am not surprised. Um, he is. Uh, he can just uh, put put plays together. He somebody that stands out on the field. Definitely, you know, people need to jump on him and get him on a roster. Connor Booth, another just huge day. Bishop Newman, at running back class of 2025. 297 rushing yards with four touchdowns. Another defending state champion, Keenan Valverde from Pierce, class of 2024. 154 yards with two touchdowns again. Cross County, man, they are a tough team. You know, they got a couple just beasts there. Isaac Dickey, the running back, you know, the Nebraska, uh, Nebraska commit, 5'10", 215 pounds. And Tanner Hollinger, 6'6", 235 pounds. You know, he's got, a, he just got an offer from Toledo, uh, also has offers from Illinois, a bunch of other places. Uh, these gentlemen combined for 291 yards, 124 rushing, 157 yards receiving with four touchdowns and 19 tackles between the two of them. They are just uh, leaders on that, that cross-county team, and, um, you know, that cross-county team has, has been about toughness and, and physicality, and, and they represent that team well. Drew Erhart, Palmyra, class of 2024 quarterback, 426 total yards, 261 passing, 165 rushing with seven touchdowns. Uh, Riley Wilson, Elmwood Murdoch, quarterback, 2024, 6-1, 245 yards, total yards, 135 of them rushing with three ta- three touchdowns, 11 tackles. 
Reed Patera from Platteview, the, the running back class of 2024, 182 rushing yards with two touchdowns. Uh, that man, Jack Bullis from Hampton, just, you know, doing it again. 248 total yards, 138 yards rushing, and had 103 yards of kick returns with a touchdown. Another constant on the list, you know, the young guy. You gotta go, people got to go see this young man. Tony Palmer from South Sioux City. He played against a, a Class A team, Omaha Northwest, one of the lower Class A teams. Only had three carries, but had 166 yards with two touchdowns. Yeah, he's good. Sam Sourdyke, another athlete, Bayer Central, that class 2025, 6'3", 185 pounds, 205 rushing yards again, four touchdowns, and threw in 16 tackles. Blake Hinn from Elgin Pope John, a tight end, 6'3", 200 pounds, 161 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Riker Evans, another fantastic athlete from Highline, 2024, 5'11", 175 pounds, 170 pounds, excuse me. Uh, commit to Air Force, 191 rushing yards, six touchdowns, and two passing touchdowns. Grady Kelly from Central Valley, class of 2025, the tight end, six foot, 190, 277 rushing yards with five touchdowns. Brecken Schlotter from Exeter Milligan, friend, class of 2024. This young man, you talk about putting a team on your back. He had 54 carries. Toted the ball 54 times during the game, 335 yards and seven touchdowns. Jerron Cannon's making a name for himself. You know, that Omaha North team thrives with a good run game. You know, Masai Strong's pretty darn good, but this, but Cannon, class of 2026 running back, 5'10, 160 pounds. You know, had that big game against a 160 yard plus game against Bellevue West, ran for 285 yards and four touchdowns against that Columbus team. Carson Wieseler from Why Not, the wide receiver, class of 2024. 200 receiving yards with two touchdowns. Uh, Deshaun Prince, Omaha Central, class of 2026, wide receiver. Um, has an offer from Huskers. 105 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And then this young man is going to be one of the top receivers in state by his senior year. Brady McGill from Grand Collie, the QB, class of 20, 2024. 6'4", 200 pounds, legit prospect. 245 passing yards with three touchdowns. Drake Zimmerman from Ashland, the running back, 6'2", 202 pounds. Another 140 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Gavin Redden from Wayne, the wide receiver, 6'1", 170 pounds. 171 receiving yards with three touchdowns. Trevin Weddle, West Point Beamer, the running back. Class of 2024, 225 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Adam Dinkert from Kennesaw, class of 2026, so sophomore. Been on our list a couple times. 236 rushing yards with four touchdowns and 11 tackles. Jaden Williams from Donovan Trumbull, quarterback, 6'265 pounds. He is a senior. 376 passing yards with six touchdowns and threw in 15 tackles on the defense. Jack Poppy, class 2026, 6'1", 230 yards receiving with four touchdowns from Stanton. Becker Pullman had 209 yards and a touchdown. Barrett Wilk had 250 yards and six touchdowns from Stanton, both class 2025. Platt Smith's Gabe Villamonte, class of 2024, threw for 215 yards and four touchdowns. Anthony Rezac, 
West Side, 177 passing yards, three touchdowns, 100 rushing yards. The guy just wins. He's, you know, I, I'm just completely amazed. I know that Nebraska has Danny Kalen, class 2024 quarterback, but I don't think it would hurt for them to bring Rezac in. You know, he's good size. You know, people talk about his mechanics being, you know, that's something I think can be fixable. The ability to just, you know, lead a team and to win, it's, it, it has kind of been measurable. Um, and, and he has that. And, you know, I think colleges need to jump on him. You know, he's going to bring a lot of, a lot of maturity and a lot of drive to, to any program really the whole Millard South. So let's just go with Millard South, right? They had an amazing game again. Jed Tamala, the quarterback, 2026, 367 yards, four touchdowns. Nolan Feller, the running back, 187 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Marion Jackson, the receiver, 144 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, You know, just the, the major three, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Tamala and Jackson are both class 2026, so they're going to be wreaking havoc for the years to come. Sage Giddings from South, running back, two class of 2027 freshmen, had 215 total yards, 160 rushing with two touchdowns. Harry Kasky from Ogallala, big young man, uh, 6'4", 220, class of 2024, 209 rushing yards with two touchdowns. And that will round out the list, the top performers from week three. Now, the next topic I'm going to get into, I'm going to, I'm going to discuss the Elkhorn South, Papio South game. You know, I, I, sh- I went to the game and expecting it to be a physical game, expecting the both teams to, to kind of assert themselves with the, running the ball, um, you know, to try to play some strong defense. And, and what I got was uh, one team doing that and the other team kind of having the wind taken out of their cells. So... It really all started off with a huge run by Carson Rahner to, to start the game, make it 7-0 pretty darn quick. Papio South first drive, Derek Jones has three carries, gets hurt. He's out of the game. By the end of the game, he's walking around on a boot. You know, hopefully everything's okay. He's able to come back relatively soon. But, you know, I really feel felt like the, the, the Papio offense from there on was really uh, just unable to move the ball unless there, unless there was a kickoff. From kickoff return from Royce on Skogrubo. Um, and nearly the only chunk yardage they got was a Skogrubo play where he got behind the defense. But it came down, what it came down to was Elkhorn South's ability to be physical and to control the line of scrimmage, which they're really good at. Carson Ronner, I don't have statistics. Elkhorn South did not put out statistics, but he consistently was able to scramble, to get loose, and to make plays. You know, one thing that I, that was very impressive to me about Elkhorn South um, is they had big receivers as well. They they do have a couple uh, smaller ones like Stiggy and Hoskinson, who are a little bit more your speedsters and can make plays maybe in the open open space. But um, Dylan Kingston, that's a six four hundred eighty five pounds, pretty tall receiver. You got tight end uh, Ethan Duda, who ended up catching a touchdown during the game, six five two hundred seventeen pounds um you know what what would happen is they elkhorn south is just they're pounding uh papio south i mean i don't know if elkhorn south had too many negative plays whatsoever um brady busquette class of 2024 running backs 5'8 180 pounds 
He came back after an in, after injury. This was his first game back. Had six carries for 123 yards and two touchdowns. One of those runs was, you know, a good almost 80 yard run uh, to start. Uh, so he he was chewing up yardage. Um, you know, he was it showed a lot of speed. He, he runs a four five six forty. So it was definitely, um, you know, it was definitely you could see a top end speed when he got in the open space. Uh, the, you know, the young man has like a forty inch vertical as well. He's just he's just a good athlete. So he's fast and he's uh, you know his ability to to make quick moves and to um, and to be athletic. You know, just was too much for Papio South. Uh, along with Carson Rahner, you know, Carson Rahner is 6'3", 200 pounds. He's not a small guy. You know, the, the Holy Cross commit is arguably one of the best top, you know, quarterbacks in the Metro. Uh, for the last year, he had 13 touchdowns and seven interceptions. The offense has kind of changed. Last year, they were able to get a little more vertical because they had Jackson Moeller-Swan, uh, who was able to stretch the field a little bit more. They don't have the field stretchers as much anymore. You know, what they have is they have this strong running game, controlling the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, guys, Henry Prohaska, Ashton Murphy, you know, that whole offensive line and defensive line did a great job just controlling that game. And then you have, your, you know, these linebackers that were bringing pressure, you know, Ethan Duda included in that, Stiggy along with Jaden Sutko. Jaden Sutko probably was the one that I came – I mean, obviously, Ronald was very impressive. He popped off a bunch of big runs. He just seemed to make positive plays. Uh, I didn't see hardly any mistakes come from, from Ronner. Um, you know, they, they seemed a little bit one-dimensional. They couldn't get vertical too much, but they didn't need to also. So, you know, what they did was they pounded the ball, pounded the ball, pounded the ball. Um, you know, they get close. They make a couple throws here and there to the, their big wide receivers, tight ends, um, you know, to get them and make plays. And then – but they just – you know, they just overall just completely – over-physical, outmatched Papio South at the line of scrimmage and ended up winning the game 52-14 because of it. Uh, but, you know, as I was saying, uh, Jaden Sutko was one person that came away. Probably the most, I would say, um, impressed with that, you know, I didn't already 100% know about. I, I've heard the name. You know, I, I've never seen him in person. I've seen Prohaska. You know, I've seen Ashton Murphy at, at camps. I've seen Ron uh, in games. Busquette was impressive, you know, but he only had six carries. One of them was long run. You know, I really like the the Dylan Kingston kid. I think there's some measurables there that are very strong. I thought he made some pretty good plays and could be something more vertical for for this team in the future. He creates a matchup problem. But um, Jaden Setko was the person that I came away most impressed with um, in a circumstance of, you know, I needed to know more about him. Uh, he's a running back linebacker class in 2026, uh, 6'1", 180 pounds. Physical, just in fully athletic, you know, had some strong runs with the ball on offense. You know, was definitely uh, in there just, you know, he had a good stiff arm during one part of the game. And, and he, at that linebacker position, he was just, he's just a beast, you know, chasing down people, uh, putting pressure on the quarterback in, in, in situations when needed. You know, he was, um, you know, he was all over the field making plays. Um, so I came away extremely impressed with, with uh, Sitko. Carson Rahner, Brady Busquette, Jaden Sutko, Ethan Duda, Dylan Kingston. You know, those are all uh, people to keep an eye out for. And then you got, you know, like I said, Ethan Stiggy, Luce Hoskinson. Everybody knows Benry, Big Henry Prohaska, you know, big, strong defensive line. 
uh, almost ran a pickoff back. Uh, you know, he had a short little pickoff that he fell, ended up getting tackled at the one-yard line, which probably would have been pumped. And Prask is committed to Northwest Missouri State. Um, but, you know, he does have – I think he has D1 talent. You know, he's a he's a big young man who uh, can can move pretty well for a big man. For Papio South, you know, the, the, the struggle was – like I said, the struggle was real with Papio South. They just could not get the offense going. Uh, Sam Schuler ended up throwing three interceptions on the night. It was really hard for them to run the ball. They stayed committed to it. You know, they really tried to get the, their other couple running backs, McClung and um, – and Schaefer, they really tried to, to give them the ball and make plays. Schaefer ran pretty hard. McClung, you know, was running hard at the end. They just could not win at the line of scrimmage to get those chunk plays. And then as far as the passing goes, you know, they they could not. The only person that could get vertical was Royceon. He had a 45-yard touchdown catch. Slipped behind the uh, Storm defense earlier in the game. Caught a 45-yard touchdown pass. Um, Skull Grubo, class of 2024, 5'6", 150 pounds. He did a lot of damage in, in the kick game, too. When they kicked him the ball, he was returning the ball almost 40 yards every single time or more. Uh, he ended up with 179 kick return yards. The young man is electric. You know, I'd like to see them figure out more ways to get him the ball. I know they were in a tough situation losing Derek Jones and really trying to figure out how to align their offense against um, you know, a strong defensive line with good linebackers. But, you know, I do feel like, you know, Papio South could have done a better job with, with trying to get Skogerbo some balls in space and, and just see what he could do. You know, I don't know. There's The way that, that the Storm played last Friday night, it'd be tough for any team in the Metro uh, to beat them. Um, you know, not to say that they can't be beaten, I'm not saying that by any means. Just the way that they did play, they they would be a tough out for any team. They were just ultra physical, made all the right plays. Um, you could tell they're well coached. Um, somebody that I came away impressed with with Papio South, I think you know, kind of similar to the go to the Sutco route was Casey Popich, class of 2025, six four, two hundred thirty. Another pretty good size receiver, caught a touchdown, had twenty two yards receiving, didn't get a lot of opportunities, but. Um, you know, the young man knew how to fill space and create a big target for the quarterback. Schuler was definitely having his issues. He was running for his life. Um, you know, a lot of those plays, I think a couple of those interceptions, he was on the move trying to make a play. Um, you know, that defensive line from the storm was, was really putting that pressure on him. But, you know, I thought Pulpish gave Schuler probably the best target of the night. You know, obviously, obviously you want to get Skogerbo the ball but they really only had the one opportunity to oh, the time to be able to, to make that deep throw for the most part, you know, keep an eye on Casey Popish. He could have a, you know, a pretty darn good year turned into a good threat uh, for that Titan team. Uh, another, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I had a few people from Papio South that really kind of caught my eye. Uh, the young man, Keith Hamby class of 2025, six, one, 180 pounds uh, linebacker had 15 tackles, 12 of them solo. You know, he was, uh, he was playing hard, you know, and it's tough in that situation where, you know, Elkhorn South is, is really putting the vices in. They're dominating the game. They're controlling tempo. You know, and this young man, you know, definitely had a motor that would not let him quit. He was, you know, quick to the ball. He was making tackles. Um, you know, sometimes it, when it was one-on-one, he was, he was getting them to the ground. So I came away impressed with that, uh, that junior, Keith Hamby. 
Uh, another linebacker they got, Kylan Connor, class 2024, is 5'10", 180 pounds. He had 10 tackles, one of them for a loss. Kylan is averaging 10 and a half tackles a game. So he just, he's consistently, he's consistently, you know, a ball chaser. He is somebody that is going after the ball. He is somebody that is attacking the line of scrimmage and making plays on running backs um, or, you know, trying to get those open field tackles on any crossing routes, things of that nature. Um, so, you know, keep an eye on Connor. He's going to be up there in the tackles list for this year, um, you know, towards somewhere towards the top of that, especially class eight uh, programs. Um, but, you know, he's doing a fine job for the Titans in that, in that uh, linebacker position. Uh, another one that, uh, you know, I was impressed with just kind of watching was Alex Herrera, class of 2024. He's 6'3", 225 pounds, defensive lineman. You know, he had only had four tackles, but I felt like he was their best defensive lineman of the night where he was filling gaps, putting a little pressure on Ronner as much as he could. You know, he was the one that stood out to me as as the one that seemed to be performing the best against that that strong uh, storm offensive line. You know, I thought he did a good job of uh, of uh, of that. You know, bull rushes and and like I said, filling those open spaces. You know, finding ways to get to the quarterback consistently. So hopefully, uh, you know, keep an eye on on Herrera and what his uh, projection will be like. Uh, I think with those linebackers playing so solid behind him with tackles it could open up opportunities for him to be a little bit more of a pass rusher. I think he has some of that capability and definitely has the size and the athleticism. So it was my experience with the Papio South Elkhorn South game. Like I said, it, it was not the game that I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be one of the better games of the week. I thought that they both matched up pretty well with each other. Um, did not help that Derek Jones got hurt, but it's, it's football. It's the way things go, right? Um, for example, the Jets on Monday night, you know, they lose a Hall of Famer, uh, somebody that they were super confident going in the season with and thought they had everything. But you know what? They brought in their their uh, their prospect of sorts, and um, they stayed committed to the game plan and the effort, and, that, and, that, and they end up pulling that game out in overtime. Um, so, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, we all face adversity, and uh, we have to learn to deal with it, you know. Uh, in, in speaking with um, the gentleman from Wired Access podcast, you know, he had did, did an interview of me at the game. You know, one thing that I emphasized was that I really think that what you were seeing in in these classes is you're seeing the levels that are that are developed within it, right? So, you know, West Side is top dog right now. I don't think there's any any if ands or buts about it. Um, they're going to be extremely tough to beat. They're going to have to have an off night, and somebody's going to have to have their best night. Uh, but down below that, you have a group of other teams that have potential. Um, they, you know, your Millard South, your your Gretna, your Elkhorn South, your Omaha North, right? You have all these teams that uh, have potential and could beat Westside. They could give them a run, um, you know, if they play disciplined ball and impose their game plan. Um, and then you kind of have those other, then you have another lower tier of individuals, which unfortunately the teams like Bellevue West and um, you know, uh, some of these other programs, Papillion potentially are in. So, that, you know, it's creating these levels. And even in Class B, you know, your Scott, your Bennington's, right? Um, you know, Class C. I mean, all these classes, I think you're seeing the level. But I think what, what's creating those levels is the physical teams are asserting themselves. So if you look at all of the top teams in these tiers, top 
say top two tiers, those levels, um, they're all physical teams at the line of scrimmage. They're all teams that can, that will just get after the quarterback. And they are the teams that, uh, you know, have pretty good offensive lines and, uh, you know, have some dynamic playmakers in certain positions. Um, but that physicality is important. They are all physical teams and looking to impose their will on the other, the team that they're facing that week. You know, that's something to pay attention to. You know, I think that these other programs that are in those lower tiers, I think that's the, something that they have to identify and, and understand. You know, you, I saw it. We saw it with the Gretna Central game the previous week is that Central just could not match Gretna's physicality. Same thing with this Papio South team and this Elkhorn South team. They could not match their physicality. You know, something to pay attention to. Well, think about those teams that are that have that physicality. When you're going into matchups, you know, sometimes your brain will let you overthink things, but uh, oftentimes the team that the teams that win at the line of scrimmage are the teams that are gonna have the higher percentage chance of winning in general. I mean, I think that's uh, most people would agree with that. And the, and uh, Jack Rhodes, you know, trying to stop Nolan Feller. The advantage that, that Gretna has is probably the maturity of Wilcoxon in comparison to Jet Tamala. Um, but I think the, you know, I think you have to give the offensive edge is from an explosiveness standpoint to Millard South. So if Millard South can jump out quick and, and get some couple scores, it really puts – Gretna in a compromising position, but we've seen with Creighton Prep that, you know, Millard South has, or excuse me, Great Gretna has the resiliency to, to keep imposing themselves and, and um, uh, you know, playing the way that they want to play and, and just creep back right back in that game. So that, that I think is a, a given game of the week uh, as far as it goes. You know, pay attention to those individual matchups. I think they're important in this game on how they perform. And it could come down, it really could come down to who plays better at that quarterback position on who wins this game. Um, the second game that uh, one of the other games that we were looking at is the UTAN North Bend Central game. I mentioned North Bend Central, you know, they're three and zero right now. They're playing good ball. You got Kyler Hellbush. The young man is completing 66.7% of his passes. Um, He's got 697 passing yards with nine touchdowns, 434 yards rushing with six touchdowns. So 15 total touchdowns over a thousand yards of offense right now. So that quarterback, you know, he is doing everything for, for that Tiger team. Uh, you know, his top target is um, Shabatel. You know, he's got 269 yards receiving with five touchdowns. So, you know, that the offensive connection comes with that. It seems, you know, their they're running back situation, they have a kind of a committee. They're not, um, I wouldn't say they're completely solidified at their running back. They, have, they don't have one strong running back. Hellbush, I think, leads the team in rushing. So he's kind of primarily their offense. So you kind of tend to try to zoom in on him, right? That's what the, I think that's what the goal is going to be. Uh, try to, you know, try to see if they can get Chabotel involved with whether it's some end of rounds, but obviously get him in the ball in space see what we can make happen, um, you know, try to get some deep plays uh, with them. Um, UTAN has uh, Derek Wacker. You know, he is he's an all-state guy wrestling, uh, class 2024, 6'1", 210 pounds. Just a physical specimen. The guy is impressive. Um, you know, he's averaging 100-plus rushing yards a week. Uh, he's averaging seven over seven tackles a week. You know, he's a presence when at that on that defensive line. And somebody that is going to be probably keying in and trying to put pressure 
on Hellbush in a consistent manner. Uh, Owen Sutter is another one. You know, I think I think you know people need to know who Owen Sutter is. Class of 2026, he's 6'3", 210 pounds as a sophomore, tight end defensive end. He's a solid tight end, creates a big frame, you know, gives gives that team a good target to throw to. And on the defensive side of the ball, you know, is 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 young, athletic, uh, pretty quick for somebody his size. Uh, and and Caleb Daniel leads the team in tackles, the class of 2024. He's 5'10", 210 pounds, excuse me, as tackles. Caleb Daniel leads the team in sacks. So, you know, they have a pretty strong defensive line. So it's going to come down to whether they could put pressure on Hellbush and contain. Because Hellbush obviously can't get loose. He's 434 yards rushing. So, you know, will that mobility come back to to uh, haunt UTAN? Or are they going to be able to try to control the ball with their own offensive rushing game? They they don't have a, a, a you know, we talked about NBC not having necessarily a stellar running back situation. Well, UTAN doesn't necessarily have these amazing receivers. You know, they're, they're kind of the opposite. You know, they don't have one guy that uh, is just super impressive from that receiver position. They have a strong running game. Um, you know, they have a physical team. You know, and it's going to come down to how Braxton Wentworth for UTAN, the quarterback, um, senior can play. You know, he only has three touchdowns on the year with four interceptions. Um, you know, he's definitely needs to be more positive in that touchdown perspective than, than interceptions when it comes to playing a team like NBC. Because uh, they have some uh, they have some talent on that defensive side of the ball. Um, Joseph Blaha and Matt Pospisil is leading the team in tackles, uh, average tackles per week. Um, you know, they both can get after it. You know, a couple people that, I, that I'm impressed with. One is uh, K.J. Faulkner for, for NBC. He's a, he is a junior, 5'8", 160 pounds. He's got three sacks in the year. The average is about a little over three tackles. Um, you know, so it's somebody that can get after it on their defensive line. And then uh, one person to keep an eye on for NBC is Corey Faulkner. He's a freshman, plays full safety for him, 5'10", 175 pounds. So decent size for a freshman. He's already averaging three tackles a game and he's got a fumble recovery on the year. He's somebody that can come down and support in that box, which is going to be important for, uh, for NBC because the UTAN is a physical team who likes to run the ball. So if you can get a safety that can come down and help around that line of scrimmage, then that's going to, you know, that's going to help tremendously. Um, so, you know, I think it's going to really come down to Kyler Hellbush's mobility and how they're able to contain versus Wentworth's ability to, to make some plays to help out that run game. That's what you're probably going to see because, uh, you know, UTAN is, is a tough team. I need to get out there and see him. I, I, you know, I told Derek Wacker that I would come out there and I need to. Um, you know, they are two and one on the year. NBC is three and oh, so it is a battle of top teams for sure in that class. Uh, and the last one that, uh, we're going to talk about is the game that we're actually going to go to. And that is the, uh, Pierce, the defending champions against Ron Colley at Ron Colley. So, uh, Pierce, they've obviously had some turnover. They lost Abram Schulting, uh, which is, you know, the guy who was a player. I mean, you talk about football players. You know, when the be- I think the best definition of somebody that plays football, you know, the, 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 the term dog is thrown around pretty loosely by a lot of people. I try not to throw it around as loosely unless I 100% mean it. Like, I think Zach McLee is a dog. You know, there's a, there's a few others that I can name too. But um, the term that I think 
really is the best term, and it's really simple, is when you call somebody in quotations a football player because that just means that they, they get it. They, they just have that it factor. Um, and that was what Abrams' school team had. He, uh, he definitely was somebody that, from a quarterback position, did wonderful things for him. Uh, from a you know a defensive back position, I mean he was a leader on that team. You know they did have Ben Brayman last year, obviously or Bramer last year as well. He's doing good things for Iowa State right now. But you know I think Abram Skolting was was probably the catalyst of of that team. He was the leader of the team, um, and the, and then exemplified by his play. He was a, he he led by his play. Um, now they don't they lost so they lose Skolting and they have uh, Champion White. He's coming in playing quarterback a little bit. You know, he's going to have to have a good game. Right now they have Keenan Valverde going. We talked about Keenan, top performer in the last couple of weeks. He's averaging 163 yards, almost 164 yards a game rushing right now. And the young man is just a, a little pocket rocket. He, you know, he is a tough tackle. Um, you know, he has speed. You know, he can make things happen. Um, so, you know, I think Ron Colley is obviously going to heavily focus on – on Valverde, you know, they're going to use their guys like Jos- Josiah Robbie, the linebacker, class 2024, um, Chris Heyman Macias, the, uh, the linebacker, who's also the running back, who's averaging 100, around 123 yards a game himself uh, rushing. They're going to use those linebackers probably, and, and their full safety, Brooks Shetler, who, who is becoming kind of a ball hawk. He has four takeaways on the year, three interceptions and a fumble recovery I do believe um, so they're going to be using those linebackers and that that safety to come down and, and make plays on Valverde which uh, you know it's going to require champion white to whether it's with his legs whether it's you know finding a way to to get some open receivers and and to make plays you know I think Pierce is going to have to do that they're playing in a tough environment uh, at Ron Collie and you know Ron Collie has you know they have a pretty good offense. They're three and zero right now. Pierce is two and one. They have a legit prospect quarterback. You know Brady McGill, the, the size, the arm strength, it's a hundred percent there. Uh, they got Luke Orr on the outside, a wide receiver who's you know averaging, if I remember correctly, it was around ninety yards a game, I believe. Um, you know I'm a big fan of Max Thompson, uh, the running back slash cornerback that they have. Plays a little bit even wide receiver. Um, into, in some instances, but you know, I seen him at the Keith Williams wideout camp, and and I was super impressed with um, the way that he carried himself, the way that he focused on his routes. He, if he plays that running back position, he runs routes like a wide receiver. Um, you know, very athletic young man. Um, he's a class of 2025, so that's you know definitely a name to keep an eye on because I think he has the full athleticism. To be to be something special, whether it's on offense or defense, you know he's a he's got he's got a pretty good talent base, um, and and he plays cornerback. Like I said, he plays defensive back. So you got you know Shelter and Thompson back there. That's going to be uh, looking to try to uh, probably spy and come down and make plays on on Valverde. To me, it looks like Ron Colley's probably a little you know maybe a little bit. Um, I would give them the advantage, I would say, just because of they are a little bit more two-dimensional in offense than what Pierce is currently. Uh, but you can't you can't uh, challenge the will of, or you can't question the will of a, of a champion. And Pierce has been there for a couple of years. I mean, obviously they won last year, 
but uh, they've been there and they know what it takes to win. And uh, you're, they're not going to go down without a fight. And that is a hundred percent. And Ron, would, Ron Colley being four and zero would be a, a great thing for them. And, you know, they have some good talent on the team. It can make a serious run at that class C, uh, that class C um, championship potentially. So those are the games that I want to see, I, you know, if, uh, making predictions, you know, as far as the games go, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to say Miller South comes out on top. As much as I like UTAN and I want to go see UTAN, I'm thinking NBC might pull it out just because they have a little uh, mobility with, with Hellbush and excuse me, he can, pa- he can pass, he can run as well. He's a little multidimensional and uh, you know, we'll see if, if UTAN can do anything other than just run the ball, or maybe that's going to be good enough for him. I, mean, I guess we'll see, but I'm going to say that NBC would be my odds on favorite. And I'm going to take Ron Colley against Pierce. You know, I think they, they just have a, a more complete team at the current moment. Uh, but, you know, I do think that Pierce is going to challenge them at least for three quarters or so. Well, that's going to end it, uh, the podcast for, for this episode. You know, I'm sorry that I didn't have anybody to converse with, but we want to make sure we're getting you consistent topics um, in, in being able to get an idea of the players to watch, the players who are performing, uh, any insight that we could potentially provide if you don't have an opportunity to either go to the games or you want to learn more about some of these uh, young players and, and what they can bring to a program. Because uh, that's important. We have talent within the state and we have the ability to to showcase it. Um, so I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, please feel free to catch up with the others if you have not. You know, we may look to switch up the, uh, you know, the, the formatting a little bit. Uh, if you like the previews more than you do the recaps, you know, definitely talk to us about it. You know, let us know. Uh, outside of that, it's another episode down. Please be sure to check out our sponsor, Elevated Visuals. Again, that's E-L-E-V-8-B-Visuals.com. Uh, if you have any video production needs, highlight films to wedding parties to uh, corporate events, you know, he can cover it all for you. Have a great week, everybody. We look forward to the games. See you Friday night. Bleacher Preachers out.